are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this Thursday, December 17th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, and today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Today on the show, Locked On crossover series continuing. We revisit with Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots to touch base as far as how this season has gone. Of course, when these two teams last met, each one was 0-0. Zero and zero. This was a Week 1 matchup between the Patriots and Dolphins. And in the time that has passed since, the Dolphins are 8-4. and four, The Patriots are 5-7. and seven. Dolphins not necessarily used to being the team at home in December with a better record when these two teams inevitably clash and meet one another. But that's where we find ourselves, and that is where we are going to dedicate today's show, Talking with Mike talking about the dynamics of the Dolphins and being an extension of the Patriots coaching tree, thanks to Brian Flores and Chris Greer, and and talking about where and how the Patriots' long-term plans are are intersecting with the shortcomings of this season for them and, and how different we should expect the season to look in 2021 for the New England Patriots, while also focusing intently on some of the dynamics of this matchup between New England at 6-7, and seven, playing for their playoff lives and hopes, and the Miami Dolphins, who are currently in the driver's seat. They're in control of their own destiny with three games to play, but the only way to guarantee, based on what we know now, that the Dolphins will be in the postseason is to run the table and finish the season 11-5. and five. Lots to get into. Mike and I covered a lot of ground, and with that in mind, we're going to jump right in today into the Locked On crossover series with our friends over at Locked On Patriots. Patriots Nation, Finns fans, this Sunday, the New England Patriots travel to South Florida for their regular season road game to face the Miami Dolphins for the second meeting of the season, 1 p.m. Eastern, Hard Rock Stadium, Miami Gardens, Florida. It's crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Mike DeBate, host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, and joining me is my friend and colleague, Kyle Krabs, host of Locked On Dolphins. Kyle, always an honor, always a privilege to join you on the mic for these crossovers, bud. Yeah, it's been a while since you and I had a chance to talk. We obviously got things started to open the 2020 season and and you know all of the wild and wackiness that we've seen this season, and uh, it's hard to believe how quickly it always seems to go. Every NFL season seems to go just a little bit faster than the previous one, and this one is no exception. Yeah, without any question. It has been a while, and you did mention way back in week one of the 2020 NFL season, September 13th to be exact, bud, uh, the Patriots beating Miami in the season opener 21-11 to at Gillette Stadium. But since that time, the fates of both of these teams have changed quite a bit. The Patriots find themselves in unfamiliar territory for New England, clinging to a slight playoff hope. The slightest of hopes, if I'm being honest, six and seven. And the Dolphins, on the other hand, they're eight and five. They're one of the best turnaround stories in the NFL in contention, not just for a playoff spot, 
but even a division title at this point. So, Kyle, the impact of Brian Flores on this Dolphins team is being felt all over South Beach. It's not a surprise to people in New England. We knew all along the value that a guy like Brian Flores can bring to a franchise, and we're seeing that in Miami. But the players on the field are playing at a much higher level on both sides of the ball. In your estimation, what has been the key to the Dolphins' resurgence as they march toward what looks like an inevitable playoff berth? Yeah, I think the Dolphins' general manager, Chris Greer, deserves credit for uh, some thrifty investments uh, that have turned out to be very effective players for the Dolphins. Uh, some, Some low bargain buys like a tight end Adam Shaheen, who they traded a conditional pick for. Uh, some of the bargain contracts that they gave out in free agency, Ted Karras uh, signed a one-year small prove-it deal for just a couple million dollars, and Emmanuel Agba uh, was cheaper than a number of the Dolphins' free agent signings. Uh, those kinds of additions this offseason and the areas in which the Dolphins chose to spend their time and resources, the offensive line, defensively. This is a top three scoring defense in the NFL this year. Uh, A lot of complimentary players, the Dolphins are skill players are really tested right now as far as their depth. And you're seeing a a player that they traded for just before the start of the season, a rookie from the 2020 draft that the Raiders selected in the third round. Lynn Bowden Jr. has over 130 yards of offense in the last two games combined. So uh, it, it, it's kind of a blend of some thrifty investments high ceiling, low floor moves for the front office, and then Brian Flores and his staff continuing their trend of player development. And that's really been the name of the game for both years of the Brian Flores era. Where does this team start in week one? And what caliber of football are they playing in weeks 15, 16, and 17? And obviously the Dolphins of 2019 starting 0-9 before finishing 5-11, and and the Dolphins of 2020 starting 1-3, now finding themselves at 8-5 and with three left to play. Absolutely. Solid execution, low risk, uh, high reward players. Boy, it sounds really, really familiar. Right. (laughs) Right. uh, And and, and all kidding aside, I mean, it works. It's a formula that does sustain long-term success. And look, every Patriots fan grits their teeth a little bit when they say that they have to give begrudging credit to the Miami Dolphins, but there's also a part of them that's proud as well because Brian Flores is building that team down there in Miami. But you mentioned Chris Greer and deserves every bit of the credit he's getting, if not more, for building this types of roster. You mentioned guys like Ted Karras. For years up here in New England, I watched them take in these players that not a lot of people knew about, including a player you're very familiar with and Kyle Van Noy, just making trades, making minimal signings that, a lot of people would consider afterthoughts and New England turns them into solid players. And we're seeing the same thing in Miami. So who knows, maybe the buddings of a, uh, a pretty uh, long and uh, prosperous run in South beach uh, for the team that wears teal. And uh, I think it would be a, a welcome sight for uh, a lot of dolphins fans. We here at the locked on network have been big time proponents of the built brand and Built's newest product built go just ups the ante even more. It's a workout gel that's built to help you break through your mental or physical wall each and every day. It's easy to take. It comes in a one and a half ounce package. You put it in your back pocket, in your golf bag, in your briefcase, in your glove compartment, wherever. And it's always ready to go when you are. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like five hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's like drinking a monster 
with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three delicious flavors. My personal favorite is chocolate mint, but there's also peanut butter honey and chocolate coconut. Bilco combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing and it gets into your system fast and it's easier on your stomach. It's loaded with the good stuff to ignite your system. Beta alanine, B3, honey, caffeine, and it's built to kick all day long with B6 and B12. So visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Kyle, Miami's offense is facing some questions heading into this week with, mm-hmm. obviously, rookie Tua Tagovailoa, the projected starter. He's been very good uh, since taking over for Ryan Fitzpatrick. But the Dolphins are right now cautiously optimistic that Miles Gaskin and Matt Breda at the running back position can return off of the COVID-19 reserve list. Devontae Parker, Joaquin Grant, and uh, Mike Gusecki are hoping to be ready in this one. Whether or not the defense can make life hard for him through the use of pre-snap disguises are strong fundamentals and by him I mean Tua that's exactly how the Patriots are able to confuse young quarterbacks and even though Tua has been prolific Bill Belichick has a reputation for making very good young quarterbacks look rather pedestrian he did it a couple of weeks ago against Justin Herbert who's arguably having one of the better rookie seasons in the league so that being said if the Finns are fully healthy I think they're able to get plenty of talent onto the field to support their young quarterback. And I think we're looking at the potential of this Miami offense being much more formidable than they were in week one. However, if Bill Belichick does start to confuse Tua a little bit and you see some of those difficulties in the pre-snap disguises and showing him exotic looks that maybe he hasn't seen too much of at an NFL level yet, how are the Dolphins equipped to be able to take it to the Patriots defense? Yeah, that's the the number one question is who's going to be available to play. And and they've gotten a little bit of good news. The Dolphins did activate Matt Burita off the reserve COVID-19 list late on Wednesday. So that's a, a very recent transaction that's just happened. And, and the Dolphins, you look at who they were missing in the fourth quarter against the Kansas City Chiefs. They ultimately lost the game by six points by outscoring Kansas City 17 to three in the fourth quarter. Uh, their number one wide receiver, Devontae Parker, off the field. Number two wide receiver, Preston Williams. He's on injured reserve. Number three wide receiver, Jakeem Grant. He had a hamstring injury. wasn't on the field. Their top tight end was off. Uh, Mike Gusecki had the shoulder injury that he suffered early in the fourth quarter. Their top three running backs unavailable. And their starting left guard and Eric Flowers not on the field uh, with an ankle injury. So really eye-opening to kind of see, first and foremost, the lack of depth that we anticipated Dolphins fans coming into this season because the Dolphins really didn't invest there. They thought it was more important to get the defense right, get the offensive line right. Rome wasn't built in a day is what I keep telling Dolphins fans on Locked On Dolphins. And when you have a roster that was as barren as what the Dolphins was to start 2019, there's no way in hell you're going to get all those boxes checked in one offseason. So this was the risk the Dolphins ran, and you're starting to see the depth be tested. But you have to be encouraged if you are Miami to see how Tua Tungavailoa, while throwing to wide receivers Antonio Callaway, Mac Hollins, and Lim Bowden Jr., with tight ends Adam Shaheen and Durham Smythe, and DeAndre Washington, their fourth string running back as his best available running back, how he operated the no huddle offense in in the fourth quarter. Uh, and they've had success each of the last two weeks with Tua running the no huddle offense. So I think if they they find themselves kind of in a pinch with personnel and matchups they may try to counter and prevent New England from getting some of those exotic calls in 
by playing with a little bit of tempo and, and forcing New England to play a little bit more vanilla just by the speed and pace of which the Dolphins get their plays in. Good point. And speed and pace have been things that the Patriots defense has had difficulty handling over the course of the last few weeks. And we saw that with the Los Angeles Rams last Thursday night. Patriots were caught off guard an awful lot. So maybe Miami takes a page out of that playbook and enact some of those plays in order to help uh, Miami be able to move the ball effectively. But Kyle, Miami's offense, whatever they may lack in experience, the defensive unit is pretty experienced, and I think they balance off in that regard. They've really blossomed into an elite unit uh, in this league. Of course, Patriots fans know very well the name Kyle Van Noy, and uh, he's been a huge part of what this team has been able to do defensively. Um, hopefully he'll be able to uh, uh, to go in this one. And uh, also the NFL interceptions leader in the secondary, Xavier Howard, always solid at the corner. Uh, they played impressive football all year long, including a four-takeaway performance against the Chiefs last Sunday, which even in a loss I thought was definitely one of Miami's more impressive showings all season long. Uh, back in September, Kyle, the Patriots had the advantage when it came to their running game versus the Finns' run defense, mostly because of Cam Newton. Ran for 75 yards, uh, incorporated a variety of zone reads, designed runs, and rushed for two touchdowns. Cam looked like he was off to a great start here in New England. And even though the Pats didn't pass a whole lot in that game, they were able to find some success when operating out of play action. Since that time, the Patriots haven't been able to quite recapture that magic. I hate to say that they've peaked in week one. They've had some pretty solid performances, but that may have been their best all-around offensive game or arguably their best all-around offensive game. Now, the Finns' run defense does yield some yards. Uh, they come into this one ranked 22nd in yards per game, 25th in yards per rush. But they do a great job of two things that really count. And again, I've watched Patriots teams do this for a number of years. They prevent long drives, and they keep their opponents out of the end zone. In the long run, that's all that matters. And Kyle, if the Patriots do remain committed to the run as their primary attack, in your estimation, what makes the Dolphins' defense better equipped this time around to contain the Patriots on the ground? Yeah, I think there's some personnel changes that we've seen throughout the course of the season as some of, you know, we, we talked a little bit earlier about player development and how that's been the MO for the Dolphins. And uh, Zach Sealer, who is a waiver wire addition, uh, from the Baltimore Ravens last December uh, was not playing a very prominent role. He's more of a rotational guy caught behind Christian Wilkins and Devon Godchow up front. Well, uh, Devon Godchow is on injured reserve and has not played in quite some time, and Sealer stepped into that role and, quite frankly, made Devon Godchow an expendable player as an expiring contract this offseason. He's playing uh, with much more splash plays and making more plays in the backfield than Godchow has made in four years in Miami. Uh, he, he is a very impressive steal for the Dolphins and a, a prospect that coming out of Ferris State is the kind of player you would expect the Dolphins to be able to get their hands on and have their coaching staff uh, develop into a formidable starting defensive lineman in odd front looks. And the other name is the Dolphins' second-round pick in the 2020 draft, Raquan Davis, uh, who is up to playing in the mid-330s with his weight. Uh, he was a non-factor early on in the season. And if you look at, you know, if you subscribe to Pro Football Focus or you look at run stuffs, you know, there, there's all these different kinds of measures out there. 
And the Dolphins run a lot of bear and mint fronts that get Davis in one-on-one opportunities with opposing centers. And he is bullying opposing centers on a week-to-week basis and really controlling the A-gaps. So that change really happened once the Dolphins hit the bye week and came out and played the Los Angeles Rams in week eight. And from that point on, Raekwon Davis has been a really impressive player in the middle. So having those two players having much more prominent roles in addition to Emmanuel Ogba and Shaq Lawson and Kyle Van Noy and Elandon Roberts, who had a really rough start to the season as well, but has had some better flashes as far as plugging in between the tackles. Uh, He's also questionable for this game he missed last week uh, with a chest injury, but Miami's hopeful he will play. He was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday. Those kinds of players uh, all adding up to a much different personnel group to play the run than what New England saw in week one. Absolutely. And some great information. Folks, when it comes to the Finns, Kyle is as good as it comes with providing spot-on analysis and insight that you'll find only on Locked On Dolphins. Can't recommend that listen highly enough. And all of our Locked On listeners, we're just scratching the surface when it comes to our prognostication on this Sunday's matchup in South Beach. But in just a moment, Kyle Krabs and I will flip the script and he will place me on the New England Patriots hot seat. We keep our friends close and our enemies closer when this Patriots-Dolphins crossover Thursday continues. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Kyle Krabs and Mike DeBate continuing this Locked On crossover series. Locked On Dolphins and Locked On Patriots ahead of the Week 15 clash between these two familiar foes, Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots, AFC East rivalry. Dynamics, Mike, of this game are a little bit different than what we've been experienced to in years past. And I can't tell you the last time the Dolphins were playing a home game against New England in December having the better record of the two teams. So my first question for you is everybody kind of anticipated this was going to be a transitional year for new England. Uh, What is the temperature around the team at this point in time, as far as how big are the changes going to be this off season? How big could the roster overhaul be? How different could this team look in 2021? Or is the feeling kind of, well, we lost a lot of guys to opt outs. We may need to go a different direction at quarterback and improve the skill players, but the core of the team, is that something that they feel is salvageable at this point? Yeah, this may sound like a cop-out, Kyle, but I think virtue is going to lie a little bit in the middle when it comes to that. Look, the Patriots roster is going to look a little bit different than it does right now. There's no question about it. Patriots right now are projected anywhere, depending on your source, between $67 million and $70 million in available cap space. That's unheard of in a Bill Belichick regime. Uh, That may be one of the highest cap totals uh, in terms of space that the Patriots have had available in quite some time. So how will they look to you? utilize that will they shop the bargain basement like they usually do and bring in people that may not be the sexy names out there but they're able to work within bill belichick's system i think you'll see a lot of that but i also anticipate maybe a free agent splash or two maybe kind of getting back into uh bringing in a marquee name to kind of drum up a little bit of support within the fan base and also anchor a position um 
in terms of the core itself, I think there is some belief within the organization that there have been losses that the Patriots just did not expect to sustain this year, mostly to Dante Hightower, Brandon Bolden, uh, Marcus Cannon, Patrick Chung. All of those opt-outs definitely hit the Patriots at very vulnerable and very difficult circumstances. So I think in a lot of ways what they're looking at is those types of opt-outs, maybe a couple of those players coming back in, providing veteran leadership to a lot of the young players that have stepped up in their absence. Somebody like a Juwan Bentley is still a very talented middle linebacker. He struggled at times this year, but one of the things that he may benefit from is having a guy like Dante Hightower come back in and mentor him. Uh, there's some question about whether Dante will be back in New England next year. I, for one, certainly hope he will be. He's one of the heart and souls of that defense. Another young guy that could benefit from having a, uh, a veteran um, on his side next year and being able to absorb some of what I like to call on my show wisdom and counsel is Kyle Duggar at the safety position benefiting from having a guy like Patrick Chung around to show him the ropes help him become the tight end eraser that the Patriots hope he can be on the offensive side of the ball the big wild card is going to be the quarterback what's going to happen are the Patriots going to look at the lack of quote-unquote weapons around Cam Newton and say that with a better supporting cast with a full year a full training camp can Cam come in and be the type of quarterback that we saw in week one and we've seen flashes of throughout the season. There's still a lot of question marks on that. It's going to depend on how Cam finishes the season. Can he be a strong presence, even if the Patriots are out of contention for the AFC East or even an AFC playoff spot? Can he still lead this team and carry them to at least maybe one or two victories down the stretch and give the fan base a little bit to hope for? If not, do we see Jared Stidham come in and see what the kid can do? I think the Patriots are going to stick with Cam for the rest of the year, and I think that's the smart decision. But if you do see Jarrett come in and he struggles, then the Patriots have a true question mark when it comes to the quarterback position in the 2020 offseason heading into 2021. And based on that, then the roster could look a lot different. Mike, one of the areas that really seems to have been a tale of two seasons for New England is the first seven games of the season versus the last six that have been played. Turnovers. Uh, turnovers, New England had 15 in their first seven games and just three in their last six. Uh, two and five in those first seven and four and two in the last six. What has the team been doing differently to avoid some of the costly turnovers and shooting themselves in the foot? A lot of what they've been doing is different uh, um, protection uh, schemes to be able to prevent Cam Newton from having to scramble, read pre-snap, uh, pick up the blitz a little bit better. These have been problems for the New England Patriots in turning the football over. Cam had had difficulty reading the pre-snap. He had difficulty picking up the blitz. And based on that, he was holding on to the ball too long. It was leading to long sacks in the backfield, putting Patriots into a third and long situation that just wasn't sustainable to be able to continue drives. He was also getting confused at times, and that was leading him to throw the ball into coverage and having uh, you know himself picked off on uh, numerous occasions. Patriots have been able to tighten that up a little bit. They did regress a little on Thursday night against the Los Angeles Rams, who came in with a very sound and solid defensive plan. I credit 
that more to the Rams' prowess than the Patriots kind of giving it away. I think they just ran into a very good defense and a juggernaut that night that was not going to be denied. But at the same time, you look at how the Patriots have played over the course of the last stretch, and they are much better in being able to do that. They're playing more sound fundamentally. And on defense, they're also getting after the quarterback a little bit more. Uh, they're being a little bit more aggressive, and that's led to them holding on to the football a little bit more and allowing the defense to be able to make plays uh, to try to go after the ball themselves. Mike, one of the, the questions for the Dolphins coming into this game is the health and availability of some of the skill players. Uh, New England is a team that also has a number of players on injured reserve or questionable for this football game. And I know, I believe I saw Julian Edelman was back at practice on Wednesday. So can you just kind of talk to Dolphins fans about the potential impact that missing starters could have in this football game between the offensive line and the skill players for New England coming into this game? Absolutely. And look, we'll start with Julian Edelman. And look, Julian's been out since week six. Uh, really, since week two, Julian has not been the same player. That knee injury continued to hamper him. He ended up having to have a surgical procedure on it. And he's been actually on the COVID-19 reserve list for a period, just recently came off and returned to practice on Wednesday. Um, if Julian is able to go, uh, there's still going to be some field rust. So I wouldn't expect him to be the same type of prolific receiver that we've seen in weeks past. That being said, if there's anybody that can pull off a surprise performance, it's Julian Edelman. I've seen him do uh, a lot more with less in terms of health uh, a number of times throughout his career. This kid is as tough as they come. At one point last year, he was facing a a rib injury, he was facing a knee injury, and he was facing a shoulder injury. Any one of those would have kept any uh, anyone else out or on, on the sidelines for a number of weeks. Julian, at one point, was playing through all three of those. So he's no stranger of playing through pain. Wouldn't shock me to see him go in this one, but again, it's way too early to tell. Um, in terms of injuries that could be significant for the Patriots. Um, Damian Harris left the uh, the game on Thursday night, did not return to the game. He was at practice on Wednesday, and he continues to be monitored. If he's hampered at all, that really slows the Patriots' running attack. That makes it that much easier for the Dolphins to defend and be able to stop runners like Cam Newton. And then at that point, if Sony Michelle is your primary runner, it gives them the opportunity to focus in on Sony and contain him. On the defensive side of the ball, two injuries I'm watching particularly close. Cornerback J.C. Jackson has been nursing a little bit of a knee injury. Uh, he uh, had some difficulties against uh, the L.A. Chargers. He did end up suiting up in the, uh, the game against uh, um, uh, Los Angeles against the, uh, the Rams, but uh, he didn't look to be hampered too much, but that continues to be an issue, and from week to week, things can always change, so that's one I have my eye on. And also, slot corner Jonathan Jones with a neck injury, he's been a little bit hampered as of late he did end up going in the game against the Rams as well but did look like he was nursing it and uh, favoring it a little so two definite um, injuries in the secondary for the Patriots which is one of the strong suits of their defense to keep a sharp eye on this week last one for you Mike we've joked a little earlier about how uh, there's some familiarities in the blueprints of both of these teams as far as the team building perspective but I also think it's pretty prominent when you look at the offensive success of both teams has been hit or miss and up and down and inconsistent, but defensively creating turnovers, being opportunistic, and also on special teams. Both of these teams are thriving. They're, they're very good in penalties and not beating themselves. They're highly disciplined. 
play stout defense, they create turnovers, and find ways to win games with special teams play as frequently as any team in the NFL. So if this game is going to break one way or another based on a special teams play, my question for you is who is the player that the Dolphins should be most dialed in on containing on the kicking teams to make sure that the Dolphins are not the victim of a deciding play on special teams? <laughs> well, with the Patriots, it, it really is kind of a pick your poison. I mean, do you go after and try to limit the amount of punts that Jake Bailey can put up? He's been one of the Patriots uh, star players this year. In fact, a lot of people are making the, the argument that he may be their MVP <laughs> uh, career high 71 yard punt last week against the Rams. He's been amazing in pinning teams down inside the 10 and really giving them the opportunity to have long drives. And that's something that the Patriots have thrived on for a number of years, and they have a great punter to be able to do it. In terms of explosive players that can make things happen with the ball in their hands on uh, return units, Gunnar Rochelski looks like he's really rounding into uh, the type of player that can really make things difficult on special teams defenses units because he's just one of those players that is very explosive. He's got a very quick read. He's very fast in his step, and he knows how to read opposing special teams coverage. Dolphins fans and Patriots fans, you know what to do. Hit subscribe on Locked On Patriots and Locked On Dolphins to stay up to date with all of your daily news regarding your favorite team. And make sure to explore the rest of the Locked On Network to find what other shows across the sports world can also fill that void for you. As far as us two, we have a matchup on Sunday to continue preparing for. Mike, best of luck to you and New England. And hopefully one of us can have an enjoyable Victory Monday podcast awaiting their fans after the weekend is up. <laughs> Absolutely, Kyle. You know what? Best of luck to the Dolphins as well. Always a pleasure to do these crossovers. And uh, we knew that we would eventually get to this point in the season. But now that we are here, it really is remarkable considering where we started as opposed to where we are right now. And I mean that across the NFL for so many reasons. Enjoy the game this weekend. I know we'll be going back and forth throughout. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see who gets a victory Monday this coming Monday.